Hey, how you doing? This is James Cab with the Money Magnet. Welcome to my first podcast. Okay, we're here with Sherry Live on our first podcast for tonight, and I have James Cabot. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm James Cabot, 21, and I'm the Money Magnet. And what do you see um, as far as your future? I see myself being a future billionaire. And what are you going to do with that billionaire? I'm going to give back. Give back how? I'm going to give people a house, shelter, food, clothing, shoes, education, and I'm going to live lavish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What type of stuff do you want to have? I want to have a Gulfstream 550, a Bugatti. What is that? What is a Gulfstream? The Gulfstream 550 yeah. is um, a private aircraft. Costs roughly about $50 million, carries 100,000 gallons of fuel, it can carry about 50 people. Alright. And you can fly to Florida in two hours. It goes about 700 miles an hour. Great. So. That's one of the things you want to have, one of the things you want to purchase, mm -hmm. and you're going to help people. Yep. Yeah, it's going to help me help people as I travel the world. What are you going to do traveling the world? I'm going to be James Cabot, the money magnet, the money sensation. The money sensation? Yeah. What is the money sensation going to do? It's going to awaken people to quit their job and go after their dreams. So you're going to tell people to quit their jobs and go after their dreams? <laughs> what, what does that mean? How are they just going to quit work? They're just gonna do it. Like Nike said, you just do it. You just do it. You gotta you just do it. You have to work. You just show up. Yeah, you can work. There's many ways of working. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to work your job. If it's not sticking, if you're throwing shit at the wall and it's not sticking, it's time to move on. People make fifty thousand a year because they're not aware of making fifty thousand a month. That's right. Okay. They don't know that. All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? What what makes James Cabot the money magnet? How do you just wake up one day and say, I'm James Cabot the money magnet? Well, I started working on myself with self-development. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a wrap from there. I mean, it's, you know, I just heard the money magnet song, and that's me. I'm the money magnet. So, money flows to me. And I just reflected on my life, looking back, and money has always flowed to me. Frequently, abundantly, in many different ways. That you were 21 years old, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Where you come from? What you like to do? What drives you? Okay. So, my name is James Cabot, the Money Magnet. I am from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. I am an entrepreneur, currently 21, single, have my own house, and business. Why do you call yourself the Money Magnet? 
because I am the one and only James Cabot, the money magnet, and it sticks. All right. <laughs> Sounds great. And you're an entrepreneur. What type of businesses are you in? Construction. Is I'm gonna be listening to some shit like this in Italy. Keep your heritage alive. That's what's made America great. It's a combination of a variety of James Cabot, the money magnet. How do you feel like you're going to be able to help other people? With my words. By speaking. So you want to be? Informing people. Awakening them. So they have a higher awareness. What do you feel that impacted your mindset? That change it from something that you just needed to do to change it into being more passionate to see a picture of a larger whole rather than just taking care of yourself or have you always just wanted to be able to I help had others vision since I was a kid. okay and what's that vision just helping others uh, well the, the vision that I've seen in my head has just been figures with heads but as I've gotten older I've seen faces people smiling and different things I see like a stadium I mean I seen kind of like you know like an arena full of people but I just couldn't see people's faces and are you on stage or are you with the people I can't there's no way it's not vivid it's just like I see people but there's no heads before you've always told me how your past um, has made you made you who you are today that that's what makes you so why don't you talk a little bit of, about that well I think where my character comes from is from Taekwondo doing Taekwondo and kickboxing that's what makes me I learned discipline, honor, respect, integrity. Those key principles, I think, have taken me through many things. You know, it teaches you to be persistent, not to quit. Even when you want to quit, you can't quit. Especially when your back's against the wall. You have no option. Sometimes, in the darkness, you have to become your light. So what does the uh, back against the wall mean for you? What does that mean? That can, I think people find themselves in different places. What does that mean for you? Well, I mean, I didn't have a father at the time in my life. It was me and my mom. Shit was getting shut off. We were gonna lose our house. So, I mean, I just did what I had to do to survive. 
then over time, you know, things got better. When you say at the time, what is what does that mean? Was there a certain like time in your life where? Yeah, I mean, I was twelve. Okay. I was twelve, and I had to accept being the man of the house. And what did what exactly did that mean? Taking the garbage out, cutting the lawn, making sure bills were paid, things like that. Working, working for the business. Okay. Did you have any resentment against that growing up, doing those things? No. No? I don't resent any of that. All that made me stronger. It makes me, I don't know, I might feel like a, not like anger towards it, but I have emotion towards it. But I've always used that emotion to push me harder. You know, most people, you know, they have different circumstances. But, you know, I just use mine. That just what helps me drive through it. Whereas if somebody was given everything their whole life, I mean, they don't, they don't have to drive. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to drive. When you pay for it, you appreciate it more. When you don't, you just don't appreciate it. Think things come, you know. However, you know. Do you feel like that's what separates you from other 21-year-olds and the mindset of people that are your age now? Yeah, definitely separates me. I mean, I was the only kid in my high school that had a Cadillac before I even had a license. How did you have a Cadillac before a license? From working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not many people can say that, huh? No, you just work and save your money. What are, what's your um, one-year plan? Where do you see James Cabot at next year? My one-year plan, I see myself living in a nice home, having a beautiful boat, vacation home. Um, I see myself traveling the world. I see my passport being very full from all the stamps of all the countries I've visited. I see many people smiling. Um, many gifts will be handed out. Um, there's a lot of things I think that are going to transpire if we're talking about in the next 360 day, 365 days from now. There's going to be a lot of things that transpire. Do you see another business in mind? What's your next business venture? We have two things that you're in. What's, what's next for James Cabot? What's next? Yeah. Um, I'm going to open up my music motivation sensation and I'm going to travel and I'm going to speak to people. That's next. That's the next thing That's on the list. That's one of the next. Okay. What are, yeah. what are some of the other things that, well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. What do you, what do you see? What do you see that as? What, what is that? What does that really mean? Like, what does it mean? Yeah. Like, what do you see a I'm day? I'm going to shake the world. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a ticket and I'm going to come to the, what are you calling it? The James Cabot Money Magnet Sensation. It's the money sensation. It's the money. I'm, money, I'm the best, best thing since like the beginning of time. You know, I'm like the one. I'm the magnet. I'm magnetizing success and I'm going to teach you how to magnetize success into your own life. So it's a money sensation tour? Yeah. All right. It's going to be a tour all around the United States and the world. 
So I have my ticket to your tour. What is what is the day of look like? I'm sitting in my seat and I'm waiting for the show to start. What what does that look like for you? What what's happening? Yeah, I'm backstage and I am hooting and hollering and I've got everybody fired up and then I'm coming on stage like, woo! It's James Cabot, the Money Magnet. And I'm playing my Money Magnet song. And everybody's dancing and screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering. Because I'm out there and I'm smiling and everybody's having a good time. Awesome. And then we break it down, you know, and we break it down how you become a magnet to success. Any other things you're going to talk about that? Or is it just, is it as far as you're, you want to show people how to be successful? Yep, we're going to break it all down on how to be successful. We're going to take it from your day-to-day all the way to your planning, to your vision, everything. Lifestyle, habits. We're going to call you out when you need to be called out. And we're going to get people around you. And we're going to make sure that you surround yourself with people that are going to hold you accountable to being successful. What What does that successful mean? What does successful mean for you? Success for me means me helping others and me having more than enough to give back that's success being happy you know living a lifestyle that you can do anything you want to do at a drop of a dime however you want to do it with no questions asked and no burdens attached right Tell me about the time that um, you said you felt a shift under the bridge. I felt a shift when I was on a kayak and there was a lot of things going wrong in my life. And um, I was under the influence of mushrooms and I was under this bridge on the kayak and I just kept hearing this drip drip, 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 and it's just very vivid, and I just felt at that time that, you know, there was going to be a shift, I don't, I don't know exactly, I just, I just felt like there was a shift that happened that day, and from that day, there were many events that transpired, one of them, you know, losing partnership and different things, and me shifting. There was many, like, shifts from that shift that day. Things transpired and happened, and I moved in a different direction. So what other events have happened since then, since you feel like the shift... You've said other things have happened, like, around water, so do you feel like there's other times... I just times? feel around water, I get clarity. And, um... I think I connect with a higher power some way, somehow. I'm touching a different entity somewhere with very high power. I feel like I have the ability to touch in with higher powers. That makes any sense. I feel like I, I can tap into that power. Because it says, you know, in the Bible, the power is within us. So I think just different people might have different ways of tapping into their power. 
why don't you tell me what um, people, you can define the story or tell the story better, but um, what they said to your mom when she was pregnant with you? Wasn't there something that happened, a significant event? Oh yeah, um, when I was in the womb, there was three evangelists that approached my mother and saying that you're going to have a son and he's gonna achieve much greatness, but through much adversity. I don't remember much more what they said, but that's you know what I've gone on in my whole life. <coughs> and she didn't know she was gonna have a son. They were just, uh, yeah, I think she was like six or seven months pregnant, but they were doing it as a surprise. Mm. That was a surprise, you know, they wanted to be surprised by it. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's weird how three women approached her in a in church, out of nowhere, and said that. Yes. So before you even were here, <clears throat> they could sense your power, your yeah. energy. So since your shift, do you feel like um, that was a time that your mindset changed too? Or was yeah. were you already working on your mindset before that? Mm, a little bit. I would watch some motivational videos as I grew up. But I think um, I think it was just more clarity. I, I become more aw awakened. I don't know if something with the mushroom did it or something. But I just felt like I just become more awoke. I... Maybe because me and my friend, we were just hanging out and we were just kind of vibing and we were just kind of maybe trying to get outside of what was going on at the time, trying to kind of like escape, kind of, you know, because we had some, you know, pretty serious things going on in our lives and I think we were just, you know, we, we had just reconnected over the summer and we haven't hung out a long time and we just kind of, you know, we're just vibing out. Mm -hmm. Who was your friend? Jake. Jake? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so since then, have you, you said you've noticed different things that have happened with water. Is it just kind of a connection now where you feel like you open up now with water? Or? No, I just think it happens to be waters around when I feel the shift. I feel like um, I have the power to feel it. Like I shift. I I can't explain how, why, when, where, but I can tell you where it happened, how it happened, and what happened. But I don't know why sometimes. And I feel like there's always a bigger purpose behind the why, and it, it happens over time. That you get the answer. I think that's when people don't see answers quickly at, at all. Kind of discourages them. You know, people get discouraged when they don't get answers right away. If you're patient and you're persistent, I think the answers and things will come, results will come from that. And I don't believe everybody has a shift, maybe, like how I felt. But they could definitely become more aware. They could definitely change themselves. And, and ultimately, that would shift them in a different direction. I just felt maybe that day that I tapped into something. I don't know. Maybe I it just drugs, you know? You know? <laughs> so you've been working on your mindset. Do you think that, like, that has something to do with the shift? 
you know, like that happened the yeah, first I time, think, but now do you feel like it happens more with... I think maybe I just become more aware of my power and what I have been sent here to do, and I think now that having a clear mind and a clear conscience, I can be more aware of different things that are going on around me. But like I said, when there's a shift, there's a shift. I have no explanation on why it happens. It just happens. And I just feel it. And it just happens sometimes that there's water around. And not that I chose that there was water around. It just just happened. Like the other day when I was just sitting, you know, drying off from the sauna. I was just sitting there and just tapping. I was tapping my foot. And there just happened to be a little puddle right under my foot. I was listening to some like vibration music mm-hmm. in harmony and I was just thinking, kind of just drifting, kind of, it's kind of drifting. And I just felt the shift. I just felt some power of something going on and just, that's just what I felt. Just some power. It's just I feel power that there's something happening somewhere else maybe or and maybe the afterlife, the before life, the life before I was here, I don't know. Maybe people are moving in a direction for me to do what I'm supposed to do. There's many different things that maybe these shifts are coming from. It's hard to explain, I don't know. It just just happens, I just feel it. And it's just, just funny that that night that there was the moon and Venus just aligned with each other. And you could see it clear as day, even in the middle of the city. And there were stars around that I could see it. Yeah, a lot of times when you talk to me about different shifts, they happen a lot around the moon. A lot of around the moon cycles. Which you, I know you don't follow them, but since I do, and then you'll tell me, you know, if something's happened, it's it's usually around, like, different cycles or different things. That's why it's, um, I always find it interesting about how aware you are to things that you're unaware of, but always speak of. So, um, I feel like you're very, very in tune with that without knowing necessarily what that is. Yeah, um, I think it's funny, just the things happen, and I just, you know, I don't, I don't follow that stuff. It's like just, the synchronicities I think of things. I think I'm just in tune with it. Yeah. I think I'm a part of it. So, um, were you religious? Did you grow up religious, though? Yeah, I grew up in a church. Okay. what type of religion? Christianity. <coughs> they got you, huh? She's choking. <laughs> if you're not smoking, you ain't choking. <coughs> if you ain't choking, you ain't choking. That's, That's a good say. one. Had to take a break after that one. <coughs>
Get your bone in your room. Go get your bone. I thought you were going to get your Can bone. Can you carry it? Can she carry it? I don't know. It's the size of her head. Yeah. It's like the knuckle Maybe. of a fucking. It did seem like she was smart enough to go like get your bone. Like a giraffe knuckle. It didn't seem like she reciprocated that I said go get your yeah. bone. She tried to go get it, but it's. It's like she didn't go stand by the door like you said. Let's go out. Or kitty, kitty, kitty. Where's she came bone? back like I can't carry it. Is this your bone? Go get it. Go get it. James Cabot. Is there another James Cabot? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you a junior or no? So just your dad is James Cabot. My nephew's also named after me. That's his middle name. His last name. So there's three James Cabots. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. So tell me about the restaurant. What do you what do you want to do with your your dad, James Cabot? What are your plans with him? Um, he's gonna travel the world with me as I do my um, motivation seminars. Okay. And he's gonna also bring his experiences and his life and all that into par and the play. And he's just as crazy as me, so gonna be great gonna have two James Cabot's in the room but I'm the one and only James Cabot the money magnet 
Okay, and what else does he do? You you cook? Is he a chef? Oh uh, yeah. What are we gonna do with that? What? Tell me what's we, happening there. We're gonna have our own restaurant. Okay. And what's it called? Cabinis. Tell me about it. It's a, all about our family heritage. Great grandfather came here from Hungary. His last name was Cabini. Okay. What's the restaurant gonna be like? It's gonna be a fancy upscale bistro. Alright, and what, what's the menu look like? Your dad's cooking all of this? He's gonna be ahead he's gonna be ahead of the kitchen, but yeah, we're gonna have sous chefs and different things. So like Italian food or mm, no, no hungry food? <laughs> what kind of food? What kind um, of meals? Like I said, like a bistro. So there'll okay. be like fancy appetizers, maybe like crab cakes, um, crab rangoons, things, you know, along those lines, uh, lettuce wraps, you know, just whatever gotcha. you can think of that would be like a high-end bistro. And then, you know, it'll be like a simple select menu. We'll have different days where we might have like different specials. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you come and give a nice ribeye or a pasta or... You know, just more upscale dining. Hey, you've talked about having a food truck too. What, what would that be like? Yeah, we, we would, a food truck would be cool. I mean, if we had a food truck, it'd be more like street food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Selling in CBD tacos and that's it. Things like that. Um, like banging ass Phillies. Like a real Philly, or like a real, like, yeah, like a real, maybe like even, uh, what's that other meat called? Sausage, like a real sausage, Italian sausage, uh, sandwich, dipped, you know? Mm. If you really like it dipped, or they, or what they would call it would be wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some street food. Yeah. And it would sell all day. Great. Tell me about your grandma and grandpa. On which side? My mom's or my dad's side? Let's start with your dad's side, since we were talking about the James Cabot side. Okay. Well, Joseph Cabot, my grandfather, Joe, as everybody would call them, Mr. Famous Joe, he was, I think, 21 when he joined the Air Force. And he also was an engineer while he was going to school. He went to school, graduated, became an engineer and a pilot. And then he quickly rose the ranks in the Air Force, did about like 32 years. And he was colonel. He was in the Korean-Vietnam War. He's highly um, ranked and had many like, you know, Accomplishments while being in the Air Force. Retired with a double pension from GM and the Air Force. And where where do they live? Where did he live? Yeah. He lived, he retired when he retired. He lived in Algonac. Oh, okay. He lived in Troy before that. And then your grandma? My grandmother on the side, mm-hmm. my dad's side. She died when my dad was twenty-one. Okay. But um, she was a head dietitian for Royal Oak Beaumont for 27 years. So she handled the, the hospital's food distribution, diets, all that. So she was the head 
person in charge that will pull up for the diet program and all that. So, yep, so she made sure, you know, patients that had allergies and different things and everything was, you know, accounted for and things like that. Yeah, she, she was a cook. Yeah, that's great. From what they say, that's my right. grandmother would have like 12 people there. All my dad's friends, mm-hmm. ready and waiting, salivating for some food. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and she would be gladly there, cooking mm-hmm. and laughing and enjoying all the kids. And, mm-hmm. Oh, cool! And you know, chili and all types of different things my mm-hmm. grandmother would make, and there was many good experiences. She That's was awesome. very giving. She was very, very giving. I mean, I I assume she made decent money back then, so... Yeah. Um, it's a pretty cool I, position. I feel, you know, she probably used some of that money towards just buying food and mm-hmm. feeding kids and different things. It's not like they grew up poor or anything. I mean, my dad, you know, probably always had what he needed and things. You know, they grew up in Birmingham, so... And what about your mom's side? My mom's side, totally different. Yeah. My grandmother was a nurse. Oh. What's her name? Mary Belcher. Okay. She was a nurse and then she did like all like assisted living but private home care for people as she got older. But um yeah, she was a nurse when she met my papa. And my papa, Ed Belcher, she met him. I think uh, somewhere in the hospital, yeah. And then they met each other and they started dating, and you know, six months later they got married. Six months later? Yeah. Cool. And then, I mean, I don't know like exactly timeline, yeah, yeah. like what transpired. Uh-huh. Like, um, I mean, I would know if I asked my grandma, she would tell me more. Like, but you know, they got married and then they moved up here in uh, 1957. Where's, where's... They moved up here to Detroit. They lived in an apartment. And I guess, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they got married. After they got married, I don't know exactly when they had my aunt and my uncle, but my aunt and uncle were already born when they moved up here. I think Kathy was maybe two and Jim was like six. Where did they move from? They moved from uh, West Virginia. Mm. Yeah, they had my mom up here. My mom, they had my mom uh, 10 years younger than her brother. So, yeah. So, my uncle was probably like a teenager when she was just growing up. And they were really working hard. My grandfather came up here, he moved up here. Joined the painters union as a drywaller. There's a lot more opportunity up here at the time, so I think that's why they moved up. It's 1957, so, you know, the 50s were booming. Uh-huh. They thought they'd move to, you know, somewhere else where they'd get prosperity. What type of um, impact do you feel your grandma's had on you? You've talked to me about some of um, that. Like my grandma, like my nanny. Mm-hmm. She's had a good impact on me. Uh, she's a big giver. 
big giver. She the one that taught you how to save money? Yeah, she definitely taught me how to save money. That lady's a power saver. That's what, that's like a term I like to use. She mm-hmm. just, she put the money away. Great. And just watching, you know, helping her. That was another thing I did. I'd work with her. We'd clean uh, doctor's offices down okay. at St. John Moras. Mm-hmm. So we'd go down there like twice a week and we'd clean, you know, get the pledge out wash all the shit down, you know, mm-hmm. toilets, all that, making sure everything was clean in the doctor's office, like their practice, clean the private practice, couple of them. What about your mom? My mom? Mm-hmm. Um, hardest worker I know. Nobody works harder than her. Um, she's just, you know, good role model. Good for persistence, <coughs> you know. Like, I remember one time she broke her leg and she still was cleaning. Walking on a leg with a boot. Mm. As we're cleaning all these banks. Was she, was she not married for a long time? Or was she... Um, well, my dad, my mom got divorced when I was six. Okay. And then she got remarried, I think, a few years after that. And then, yeah, I had a stepdad, and then they were married for... They were married for, like, six years, I think. Say somewhere around there. It's, like, just getting in the middle school, I think. Yeah, somewhere in there, like early middle school, I believe that's when they got like a divorce. So yeah, and then, yeah, it's like when she went sideways. And then she met Rick. She met Rick. Um. Or did they know each other before? Yeah, she knew Rick. Rick and my mom knew each other in high school. Okay. And then Rick went off to college, as they like to say, for twenty years. And um. Yeah, uh, what do you call it? Like, they knew of each other, you know? <laughs> My mom was always getting dragged out of the parties mm-hmm. by her mother, and Rick was probably just showing up, you know? Uh-huh. Took a couple tabs. That's how they explained it. <laughs> Rick had long hair back then, too. Uh-huh. Rick was like a hippie. Gotcha. And what type of impact has he had on your life? He's had a great impact. Okay. He's helped me change my life around a little bit, you know. Um, I think I was a little crazy when I was a little younger, so, you know, um, I think when you're younger, you just don't think. You just kind of do things without thinking. And I think that's at the maturity level. Once the maturity level rises, then you start to think about your actions and... The repercussions of certain actions, some things that, uh, you know, you can't always just sweep under the rug. Yeah, he's a hard worker, too. And he'd give anybody his last. So, that's good. You know, he helps returning citizens and stuff. 
and you know they house people and they help them get on their feet and get jobs and you know so things like that and you have sister yep I have one sister well my other sibling and then that's where your other nephew or your nephew is yes that's where my nephew's from okay and that's Jackson James Jackson James Gabbett gotcha named after his uncle Pete (laughs) (laughs) alright what's that Can you tell me a little bit about Synergy? Synergy? Yeah. What do you want to know about it? I don't know. What does that mean to you? Synergy? Yeah. Sometimes you just say it over and over and over again. What is... Synergy? Synergy? Like that? Are we talking about like that? Yeah, you got... say, Synergy! Uh, I just... I don't even know. It's just a song I listen to. It, it vibrates me to where I feel like I have this emotion and it makes me kind of like, I don't know, it just it makes me just, what's that word when you just feel like you can't hold it back? Like, it's just, it's just, I just gotta say it. It just makes, it just makes you want to say it. I don't know how to explain it. It's not, you know, I've never looked up the word definition. It's for synergy. You've never, you just want to say it. It's synergy. 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 Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's something about that word. It's the energy. It's the energy. It's something, you know, this, I mean, we can play the song right now. If if you guys want to just listen to it, I think we should just turn on the song right now. So we can understand what it means. I think we should discuss. Yeah, we'll just talk about it. it Let's let the lady Michelle Blood explain the word synergy. Here we go. song does it. You gotta work with the song. You know she gets that. Like that. Michelle Blood. I, I think it just gets you going. Yeah, I think so too. Do you like um, bulls or blunts better? What kind of blunts? Like, what's your favorite way to have it wrapped? Like a zigzag paper or... No. Hell no. What do you use? No wraps. No wraps. No wraps are disgusting. So how do you how do you smoke how would a I smoke a blunt? Yeah. How I used to smoke a blunt? Yeah. I used to smoke Swisher Sweets originals. That's how I would smoke the. That's a blunt. That's a blunt. Yeah. When you get a cigarillo and you break it up, 
and you split it in half, you take the tobacco out, and you put some loud ass weed in there. That's a blunt. That's a blunt, all right. So now that's how you prefer to smoke it, like that? I mean, yeah, if I was gonna smoke a blunt right now, that's exactly how I'd smoke a blunt. All right. Now they have things called a wood, and we used to smoke woods. Backwards? I mean, I would get into that at one point, but if I look back at it, I definitely prefer, prefer Swisher Sweet. Okay. So now how do you smoke joints? Like, what's a joint to you? A joint is when you just get, you know, a paper and you roll some weed up in it. Okay. And you smoke it. What are, like, the cone, like, a joint? A cone is just a different just... form of a joint, you know what I mean? They, a lot of them are pre-made mm-hmm. and stuff, but uh, you can, I mean, you can get them pre-made or you can make them yourself. You can roll a cone yourself. Right. Uh, what do you think about, like, wax and dabs? Do you like that stuff, too? Um, to an extent. I think it's a little overkill sometimes. Hmm. And you get really high. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes I don't want to be that high. Right. <laughs> Alright. 